session, we are interested in looking at the product backlog. And the product backlog continues to be an area of interest for every organization I have worked with and engaged with. And in today's session, we are looking at creating and managing the product backlog effectively, and more importantly, in a chaotic environment. We do find ourselves um, in different project environments where we are impacted by unhealthy backlogs. And when I mean unhealthy backlogs, um, it, the requirements are not appropriate. And when I talk about the requirements, I'm going to be talking about it from portfolio to program and to a team level. So I am applying the skilled agile framework in doing this. Building products for customers requires that we take a very customer centric approach. And that is what the skilled agile framework has been doing for some time now. And if you are in a skilled agile environment, uh, the team will focus on having an epic. So I'll be sharing an epic, what an epic is. And then the teams will break the, if we are building a large system, and today we'll be looking at an HR management system, which we will consider to be a very large system. In this case, we'll be looking, we'll be talking about capabilities. And then from capabilities, we'll break capabilities further down into features. And then we'll look at some sample stories. This is a wide area. We'll cover enough information within the next 20 minutes. So what is a product? In marketing, a product is an object or system made available for a customer or for a consumer to use. It's anything that could be offered to a market to satisfy the desire or need of the market. A product can be used internally within the business. And when a product is being used internally, the customers are the staff who are within that particular business. So they could have an HR management system, finance management system, legal management system, compliance management system. And all of those are products that could be built for that organization. But in these cases, they are software products. There are also non-software products. In our session, we are not looking at non-software products. We are looking at software products. And it makes it easy for me because when we start talking about non-software products, we are going into a very big area and we'll be talking, to, uh, there'll be a lot to share on that. And that'll be for another session. So who is involved in creating a backlog? This is a list, there's more people who could be added to it, but this list should start it. The portfolio team could be involved in creating a backlog. The customer can be invited in helping us to create a backlog. The product manager owns the backlog. From a safe perspective, from a skilled agile perspective, from a non-skilled agile perspective, most people would say the product backlog is owned by the uh, product owner. But today we will say the product backlog is owned by a product manager. They get input from the enterprise architects, the business owners, the various heads of department, which we'll call business owners, directors, product owners, business analysts, UX designers, developers, compliance. And this is a big list of people 
who would input into the product backlog at different stages. So we don't expect all those people to be inputting immediately. They will input into the product backlog at different stages. At a portfolio level, you get a portfolio team and then you get the enterprise architect, the business owners, and some members of the finance team inputting into the product backlog. At a very strategic level, which we will look at today, you get heads of department, directors, business owners, inputting into the backlog to help us refine the backlog. So different stages for different inputs. And at team level, you get the business analysts, the UX designer, developers, subject matter experts, all inputting in creating a product backlog. All the stakeholders have to be managed effectively. When we start talking about product backlogs, let's first think about context. What is the context that we are looking at? We could be looking at an internal organization, uh, which will have a large or small, which will be a large or small organization. We could be looking at startups, or we could be looking at a supplier who's building a product for their various customers. And from an internal organization perspective, we could also be outsourcing a product. We could be in partnerships in creating a product. We could be a supplier or vendor, and we could be upgrading a product or being innovative about a product. So before we start to think about context, what context am I in? That when I build this particular product backlog, it will fit my customers. My customers could be internal, external, and it could be a blend of both. So we didn't say our customers could be one. They could be internal, external, or it could be a blend of both. And when you're doing this, you need to think about your customer base and your various stakeholders. So in today's session, we are looking at an HR management system and we'll start from the strategic level. What will be a business need for an HR management system? And what kind of strategic elements would we consider when we start talking about um, our products? So from an executive level, we need to think about strategic themes. The strategic themes are things that would direct the product for the long term. They help create the product vision and they help everyone involved in the process understand why we're building the product. So the strategic theme for an HR management system could be we want to increase staff satisfaction and reduce attrition by 10% by 2020. That's a big uh, strategic theme or a big strategic thinking at this point. How do you reduce staff how do you increase staff satisfaction and also reduce attrition? Um, those are things that would have different epics involved in it. But in this session, we'll look at building an HR management system to help us reduce staff attrition and to increase staff satisfaction. Additional strategic themes to this particular HR management system could be, we want to improve the process involved in recruiting talent, by 25% by 2022. I use the word talent so that people would know that pe uh, people are not resources. They are talents that we have to manage. And it's something big in the HR um, world now. Are people resources? Are people talents? Let's just say talent for today, okay? We want to re reduce staff management manual processes by 95% 
by 2021, and we want to document 95% of staff management processes by 2020, and we want to document and manage 95% of staff grievances and complaints online by 2022. So these are our key strategic themes that are driving our building of our HR management system. Let's add more information to what we've gathered so far. The next is we want to look at what goes into the backlog. As this session is focused on building a backlog, what goes into the backlog? Our EPIC is the HR management system. What are some of the capabilities that this HR management system could have? What are some of the features? We'll pick one feature, break that feature down, and further look at the story, uh, look at a set of non-functional requirements, and we'll look at how to manage uh, the backlog in a very chaotic environment. There'll be business requirements and there'll be technical specifications and all these requirements are needed in managing our backlogs in a chaotic environment. Yeah. So here is a product vision for our HR management system and it's for a worldwide charities, volunteers and employees of the charity. We need to manage their data, assess data and share insights and engage all workers of the team. The charity HR management CRM or um, HR management system is a central repository for all HR data, HR info, but does not include end recipients of charity funds. It will provide dashboards, staff, recruit, staff recruitment, staff onboarding, staff complaints, grievance, staff attendance reports, and it's unlike the existing manual processes and non-standard processes like Excel spreadsheets. I said it, Excel spreadsheets, emails, and records for managing the charity's data. What would our solution provide? It will provide us with information on location of our staff, provide real-time data, and help us to be compliant. I'm not a big fan of using the word easy to use, but I've got it in there. It should be easy to use and we'll start asking our product manager, what do we mean by easy to use? And it will also help us avoid duplication of records and processes. This is the product vision that we would start to use in refining our Epic. What are the capabilities of this HR management system? You must have a database management system. It's a must have. Without that HR database management system, uh, we'll struggle to build the HR management system. Uh, we'll have a hiring management system, an employee self-service, manager self-service, onboarding, leave and attendance, confirmation management, performance management, compensation management, exit management, very important. When we bring people in, we should also think about how we manage people who are leaving, yeah? And then we'll have a query management system, grievance management system, rewards and recognition. I'm a big fan of rewards. We need to reward people. If we're letting people go, we should also think about how we reward everyone involved in the business. So these are the core capabilities of the HR management system. Uh, we'll pick on one and look at the features. Uh, we've, in this case, we've chosen uh, to build our hiring management system. Why, why did I pick hiring management system? It's a must have a well, for all companies. If you want to start managing, you need to manage how you hire people. So how we bring people in is very important. 
what are some of the features of the hiring management system? We will have an admin portals, we will have ability to add new profiles, employee approval features, add, um, I've, yeah, I've put adding of new profiles twice. I'll take that one out, I'll strike it out. We'll have application shortlisting, interview scheduling, email reminders to assessors, feedback features, offer generation and acceptance, pre-boarding, document collection, recruiting dashboard, and candidate experience survey. Definitely, if you recruit people, you need to uh, get them to give you feedback. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. So we will have a candidate experience survey so that we can improve our processes. So these are the features, a tall number of features, but the product owner and the team will work on these features. Let's pick only feature number one. And how do we create stories for feature number one? We can use workshops, interviews. We can engage in observation of users of the Excel, Excel spreadsheets or any existing tool that's inside the business at the moment. We will also conduct document research and analysis, and we could also use prototypes. These are more considered elicitation techniques for helping us build our backlog. And what are some of the visual tools we could use for our backlog? A persona, we've talked about persona heavily in our design thinking class. And if you want to know more about personas, please have a look at our design thinking videos. And they are on YouTube at Lit Videos. So when you go on YouTube and you click Lit Videos, you'll find all the design thinking videos there. Use case diagrams are also very important. Uh, UML, Unified Modeling Language uh, Diagram for capturing various views of the system. We will also use customer journey maps, happy paths, alternate paths on happy paths, customer scenarios, posted exercises, process mapping. All these are a plethora of tools to help us in creating our stories. So if someone says, I'm going to create stories, uh, you now have many ways of starting to create your stories. We just don't have to start with uh, brainstorming it. You can use personas, use case diagram, customer journey maps, customer scenarios to help you get all of your stories. Very important when creating stories, rethink about the entire process. In this session, I'm not going to cover any of them, but I'll just brainstorm some stories for you to look at. In our requirements management courses, we cover most of this, creating uh, personas, use case diagrams, process mapping. So for our first feature, our stories are, as a manager, I want to create a profile online for new applicants so that I can manage all stages of the application online. As a manager, I want to review new profiles online so that I can verify accurate details. As a manager, I want to add new profiles online so that I can assess them. As a manager, I want to update profiles added online so that they are accurate on the system. Um, you need to also find a place of storing them. We could always start with an Excel spreadsheet. Yes, I said Excel spreadsheet. You could always start with an Excel spreadsheet. And then from there, you can use Jira, you can use TFS, or you can use any, a Trello. Yeah, Trello is a biggie. We use Trello quite a lot. And I do recommend Trello as a good tool for managing your first set of 
user stories. So what about non-functional requirements? Usability, is it easy to use? Serviceability, manageability, can we recover when the system goes down? Is there enough security, passwords? Um, and we'll talk about, uh, there's various levels of security, but let's think about the security needs of this particular HR management system. Availability, would it be available 24 seven? Or would it be available working hours between nine and six or between eight and six? Think about that. Um, scalability, is it for 100 users? Is it for 2,000 users? Is it for 3,000 users? When we start talking about scalability, it brings to mind our cloud session on Friday. You see if we'll be leading a cloud session and he'll be talking about the fantastic uh, use of cloud and how to be a cloud um, starter or start getting yourself into the cloud world. Scalability is so important. What about interoperability, being able to uh, integrate into existing system and you could also use the API for seeking data from other system. Reliability, the, can the system, is the system reliable? Um, all these are non-functional requirements you should think about. We have just gone through at a very fast pace how to manage chaos in your product backlog creation. This 20-minute session does not give us enough time to dig deeper. However, I would like to leave you with some nuggets on how to manage chaos with backlog creation. When we talk about chaos, we are talking about unhappy stakeholders, lack of a clear product vision, lack of diagrams, lack of an understanding of the backlog items, backlog items stored in different folders, development teams struggling to understand your backlog items, stakeholder expectations not met during reviews, testers unable to create testing scripts, and just an unhappy environment when creating your backlog. You need to be able to manage all this chaos when creating your backlogs. So what can I do to manage such chaos? Create a plan, identify your stakeholders, understand and know your product, carry out your research about your product and prepare for backlog refinement exercises, backlog workshops in alignment with the portfolio, use feedback from your customers and business to improve the backlog, use various diagrams to depict different parts of your backlog, engage the right stakeholders and seek their feedback analyze the backlog continuously. After this session, I'll be sharing a template that you can use in starting to capture your backlog. And that can be a good tool to also manage your chaos. But the entire session we've covered today is all focused on this. Chaos with backlog creation, unhappy stakeholders, lack of a clear product, a vision, lack of diagrams, lack of understanding of the product backlog, and uh, development teams struggling to understand backlog items during execution, stakeholder expectations not met during reviews, testers unable to create testing scripts. And you can use this to help you during the discovery stage, during the execution stage, during the testing stage, and throughout all the stages to manage your backlog. 
So what are some of the key takeaways? Always think about how you manage your backlogs. Um, the context and the various frameworks you use are very important. We've taken a look at it from a skilled agile perspective. We've looked at creating an epic. We looked at an epic vision. We looked at capabilities. We looked at features. We looked at stories. We just looked at key examples. Um, in our backlog um, requirement engineering courses, we do go into detail and then we do use Visio as well in producing some uh, various diagrams. We also have our data architect who joins us, Carlos, in such sessions. And it's really good in enabling you to understand your entire backlog. So there's an opportunity for you to ask questions. Are there any questions? Thank you for attending. And if you've got any questions, please feel free to throw them or ask them. Okay, go ahead, Asada. William, thank you very much for such a beautiful, you know, um, session. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, first of all, what's your uh, reference source? What's my reference source? Yes, okay. Please. One, I'm using the Skilled Agile framework. Two, I picked up uh, the definition of a back, uh, product from Wikipedia. And the rest is all the experience I've gathered over the years, working with teams and various organizations in managing their product backlog. Thank you. My other question to you is um, the trainings that the... Um, so if I have not, or I'm not on the Agile train yet, and I want to acquire in-depth knowledge, not, you know, in-depth knowledge. I know you said you provide training sessions. How long is the session for, please? So and currently, we yeah. on cost as well, please? Yeah. Okay. Our, uh, currently, we're running evening sessions and day sessions. Evening sessions run from 6.30 to 9 p.m and usually Tuesdays to Fridays. And then we run a Saturday session from 10 o'clock to four, three o'clock to help us wrap up the session. Uh, we also then do have a follow-on um, session to do more of a practical and then a feedback session. And then we do have a day session from 10 to five, uh, which uh, all the details are on our website or the Lean Icon Technology uh, website. Is there anything I've missed? Not at all, thank you very much from me. Okay, thank you. Any other questions on the, on managing chaos on your backlog? William, sorry, I think there's people putting information into the chat as well. Okay, let me look into the chat. But um, a, a few people are asking for the recording, so... Um, okay, I'll make the recordings available. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yes, the slides can be shared. Add me to the group, yep. Click the link to join, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We'll be uploading more. 
uh, yep, it will be uploading and Agile, yeah, the Agile Transformation Group. Aside that, is there um, any other questions or any other additions? Can anyone add to the information I have shared on backlog creation? Uh, or who's experienced a chaotic environment recently and they think this session has helped them? That's me, William. <laughs> Go for it. So, in my experience, it's that normally the PO who takes ownership of the backlog, you know, creation, but that's not within a safe environment. You know, that's within an, an agile environment. And when I say safe and agile, I mean that's within. It's not that it does. That's not adopting to the same safe framework. It adopts to you know the. It's agile, isn't it? Agile environment, agile methodologies. So there's been a few times when not in the current position that I'm in, but um, in past experiences where the PO has had a very, I mean, the, the, the backlog becomes very messy and, and, and unclear. Yeah. And a lot of times they hide behind meetings to, to, to shield the fact that they've not done a great job. You know, and mm. then the DAs come on board and try and help to sort it all out. So yeah. it's good to see the framework having more and more key persons, SMEs and, and, and different people involved in creating the backlog. I think that's really important that we more people can have, sorry, can um, take ownership of it and make mm. making sure that it's more refined than one person taking ownership of a massive piece of work that, you know, kind of, contradicts the whole agile agile principle anyway because agile uh, principle advocates transparency and um, people taking ownership of practically everything do you know what i mean or communication yeah, i do agree i do agree so i think i like the same safe framework because then that way there's accountability for more or less all the key persons on the project fantastic thanks so much for your addition uh barbara any I think we've made up uh, 30 minutes. Uh, we are now past the 32nd minute. And has anyone got any questions or? Okay. Okay. So as a quick wrap up, we've looked at creating backlog and managing backlogs in a very chaotic environment. And I want to thank everyone for attending. On Thursday, we've got a session by... Dr. Shelley Thompson, and I've got relationships. I'm a session. We are interested in looking at the product backlog.